That's never been done before on this podcast. What if that was our theme song instead of the little ditty that I wrote? That would suck so bad. Which, I didn't know you wrote that, actually. Oh, you didn't? No, I thought your friend from that Facebook group wrote it. Oh, no, that was that was all me. That was you? That was me. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Welcome to It's On The List. Welcome to It's On The List. I'm Noah Marger. I'm Noah Bombach. Yeah, baby. Because we are recording this on the day that I have that I have seen Marriage Story, and it is the only thing on my mind, but we will talk about other other things today. We got other things to talk about. I'm Mason McGuire. I'm not Noah Bombach. This is Mason McGuire. I'm Noah Marger, and we have a very special guest today. We have a guest who came all the way from Torrance to be here on accident, and then said, fuck it, We'll do it live. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Uh, she's a very good friend of mine. She's a very talented actress, actor, excuse me, very talented actor, actress, very talented musician, who mm-hmm. we actually, I've actually, we've talked about, we talked about Inverted Jenny on the pod before. Yeah, you plugged Inverted Jenny at some point. Thank you. are welcome. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, and writer for Screen Crush. Yes. That's right. Is that, I nailed it, right? Yes, cool. you got it. And uh, please welcome to the pod, Claire Epting. Thank you. Claire, I have listened to. I did my homework. I have listened to Inverted Jenny. I've listened to Cosmic Crush. Oh, thank you. I liked it. Good Thanks. Song. We love it. Thanks. We love to see it on the pod. So, how do you two know each other? Is this just like some some <sighs> old good time college chum sort of situation? Yes, but in a real, it's a fucked up way for us, but it's yeah. not fucked up for anyone else. It was only for us. <laughs> only for us. <laughs> oh, oh boy. We uh, we lived on the same floor sure. freshman year. And we ate dinner on the floor <laughs> together yeah, once in the, cafeteria. in the cafeteria at Chapman University. Were there no chairs or what was up? They there actually out. weren't. Yeah, they ran out of chairs. And like my my one of my roommates at the time was in Claire's major. Yeah. And so that's how I met Claire initially. Gotcha. Um, and our floor, for all intents and purposes, would you say the word sucked is fair? Yeah. Yeah. And not, a fun, not a fun floor? No. No. There was like very little to do within the floor. Because yeah. of who lived on the floor, and there was very little motivation as a floor to be like, let's try this. Right. Yeah. There's very little cohesion amongst, well, even like not only amongst that the sucks. rooms, but like within the rooms themselves. 100%. Like, it was within the rooms and then amongst the rooms. Yeah. No so it just one, prepared yeah. you for living in like an apartment complex. Yes. <laughs> sure. 100%. Yeah. With Except two roommates that you don't give a shit that, about. That, yeah, that was the thing. And what's tough is, I think, the hardest part is that when you sign up to, live in the dorms, you fill out, like, a questionnaire. So, like, for me, like, I filled out the questionnaire in sort of, like, an idealist perspective of, like, even if it wasn't things that, like, I specifically did, I wanted roommates who did. Like, and everybody else does the same And everyone else thing. does the same thing. So that's yeah. the problem is that for me, like, even though, like, I planned on, like, you know, like, going out on the weekends, I said that, like, I want roommates who are clean and don't drink or smoke. Because I thought that'd be... Who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't, yeah. who wouldn't want a good, clean roommate situation? However... Everyone does that. Yeah. Every, everyone, like, puts what they aspire to live with and not what they really are. That's the thing. Like, it's a, that's a tough thing to ask, like, an 18-year-old to do. Right. Who's probably never lived, quote-unquote, on their on own their before. Own. Yeah, and it's just as, like, never live, like, never had to think about their own personality and how it might deal with... How it congeals or doesn't. Yeah, because yeah, you just live with your parents at that point, or your guardian, or whoever the fuck, you just whoever it, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you just kind of. Or your funny dog. Or a bear in a tutu. Like. <laughs> or a or a funny hat that goes. <laughs> These aren't movies. I don't know what we're talking about. Uh, what we're pulling from here. We got a guest choice this week. We got two guest choices. This two week. guest choices this week. Oh boy. Full guest choice episode. Hold on, before we move on. So okay, Claire sorry. and I live on this floor. <laughs> it sucks. We don't really even know each other that well. But I think at one point I looked at you and said, I fucking hate memes. I think, is that true? 
At, at some point, I think you did express that you didn't like that you didn't like memes. I forget what the uh, the medium was though. But and, and then yeah, and Claire kind of looked at me with this this face of like, how is that? How is that even possible? Because you're you're the meme. I was guy. the meme guy. Yeah. yeah, I was the meme guy. I was memeing out on that floor. No one then... memed her more like. <laughs> but it was just one of those things where like. We didn't really hang out that much, but yeah. we, like, knew of each other. Right. And then once, like, the second semester started, we were in a movie together, but we didn't share yeah. any We didn't share any scenes in the movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but it was, like, the movie, like, was a hit at the school. Like, I think it's fair to say, <laughs> oh, like, shit. people liked yeah. it. Um, and then we kind of just have been friends ever we got since. To go up, we got to go up, climb the social ladder, go up a few social rungs, so we could <laughs> finally start talking. Yes, yeah. and we could finally be in public together and be like, oh, they're friends, 100%. Mm. Oh, man. But well, we Claire, love it. Thanks for joining us in the, the Chateau, the Cat yeah. Ranch. Mark Marin is, uh, Mark left, actually. Mark left, yeah, now, after that last thing. After, after, yeah, he was just sick of us talking about our, our favorite movies of the year. And just. But, um, we, uh, what do you want to, do you want to kind of talk about, we usually talk about the album first, is that okay. cool? Yeah. Okay, you want to kind of preview the album for everyone? Yeah. Yeah, and I loved your, I loved your pitch on, on this, too, yeah. by the way. So, uh. T- tell the folks what we listened to this week. Yeah, um, so we're talking about Cage the Elephant's Melophobia from 2013. Oh. Um, which, yeah, which is kind of, it's funny because that's like an era, I feel like I've been talking about this a lot recently because um, like the end of the decade, you know, a lot of um, lists are coming out like Pitchfork's Best Albums of the Year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's that kind we're of thing. We're reflecting on the decade. Yeah, so you're kind of looking at like how music has changed, kind of what the trends are, what sort of people have like you know, started listening to more, what what is kind of, like, phased out. And I think that, like, the genre of, like, alternative rock, like, mm-hmm. think, like, all 98.7, like, K-Rock, like, the stuff that was, like, really yeah. big. Yeah, yeah, has kind of, um... I feel like it's... People are nowadays pretty willing to dismiss it because it's not technically considered, like, cool or, like, indie anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas, like, you know, and there's a lot of great bands that are, like, rising up on the scene, but I think that, like, people were are not as willing to, like, listen to a full album of, like, a band from, like, 2013 because they had, like, one hit single. Yeah, because I'm looking at just the list of 2013 albums, and it just nothing, like, there's the My Bloody Valentine. Is, yeah. I'm, I'm just going through uh, here. There's a... Uh, but I largely agree with you, and I think that, like, at least in, when I think of, like, the decade and just kind of, like, like you said, like, K-Rock kind of radio rock or whatever, it, like, it peaked at Imagine Dragons. Right. Like, oh, that's, like, yeah. just kind of, for better or worse, the rock band of the decade. You're talking to the world's biggest Imagine I love Dragons. Imagine. I love you love Imagine Dragons? Well, I did. I did. I mean, I still do, but I... I that first album I think the really first album was great. The, the yeah. first... I, I still enjoy the first album. Like, I think what they became, like, you know, I'm not going to move those people who's like, oh, like, they're old and it's so much better. Because yeah, yeah. it's like, you know, it's like, it's Imagine Dragons, you know? I'm not going to, like... But I do think, like, I... like My favorite Imagine Dragons song is actually The River, which is, like... Okay. It, I'm not familiar with it's, it's literally... It's like they're it is the, like, buried track on, like, their first album. And I did see them live uh, with The Naked and Famous, like, in, like, t- I think, like, 2013, 2014. I was, like, they um, were, like, yeah, like, this this song was had tertiary fans. You know, like, this is, like, this is for the real ones. You <laughs> know? Those Stone Cold chillers. Yeah, so, yeah, so it was like, that kind of thing where it's, like, you know, I think they were aware of it that, you know, and it was actually, it's a really good, like, rock song. Like, it's, yeah. like, actually, like, legitimately good. So I think it, it's tough, and I think that's, like, something like Cage the Elephant. It's, like, you know, they had... They had Cigarette Daydreams, which I think is like one of the best songs of the decade. Like I think that song is like it's a banger. Perfection. That's a really good song. I think that yeah. song is, is is pop perfection. But you know you had um, 
You know, the, the thing is, is they're like, come a little closer. They play a lot on the radio. Um, Ain't No Rest for the Wicked was another big one. That was, yeah. Yeah. That was, that's, no, do you have any... Yeah, well, I, well, I want to yeah. comment on the fact yeah. that you, how you were talking about the word indie. Yeah. Because in a lot of ways, I do feel as though that label of indie has literally turned sour. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah, now when we say indie, we mean like DIY. Right. When you say, when, and a lot of people, when they say signs. indie... Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like band camp or something right. like that. Yeah. Right. And I think a lot of people, when they hear the word indie, they go... Shit, like it's like sure. that's not yeah. a, that's a excuse word. In yeah, a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah, 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 yeah. But what's interesting is that like turn of the last decade, indie was like holy shit. Yeah, it was a genre, and the genre it was a was genre, like, and it was like it was like you could like put a crown in on. Yeah, that, you know, yeah, it was like, like your white stripes is or your, yeah, it was uh, defined yeah. by more of a sound versus um kind of like a recording a recording. Yeah, and I or think like an ethos or whatever. Right, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it was less about it, it was more there's a certain sound. I guess indie rock. There's like a very specific like. There's like a it's certain kind of like crunchy guitar that they use, and there's a certain yeah, type. It's like yeah, it's, there's yeah. a certain kind of like like fidelity that like like you can listen to that and go like oh like that's indie rock, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like now like indie could mean anything. Indie could mean like indie's an attitude. It, it's an attitude. It, 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 but it could mean like home shake, or it could mean like. I don't even Dream know. Like, Dream yeah, it could be like, like, I don't know. Yeah, or the, or the Lumineers. Because like, indie folk, I mean, that's like a whole other, like, Hannah was, actually I'm writing like a dissertation on for the end of the decade for, for Mary Ground. Hey, I'm doing, goes. I'm doing like a full on, like, like analysis of indie folk. And, wow. Because like, I think it's fascinating. That is fascinating. And I'm glad that you're taking the yeah. reins on that. Like, yeah. Because that, that was like, we will probably have to circle around to this. This will also be out by the time that's out. So go ahead and check yeah. that out on merryground.com. Yeah. Um, but I think that it's, I'm glad that you brought this on because I kind of like 2013 was my freshman year of college, mm-hmm. 2012 into 2013, and I, that was a big time where I was trying to just kind of branch away from like, like I listened to a lot of classic and radio rock when I was in high school, and uh, like especially when I was in the car with my mom or whatever. Our like kind of K rock was WXRT in Chicago, mm-hmm. and they played Ain't No Rest for the Wicked a lot. Yeah, and when by the time this album came out, I was like, mm, I'm gonna try something else. Right. Uh, so this one kind of passed me by. But I think that you, in our text thread, uh, getting this episode together, you were like, this is a period of time where people sort of dismissed, like, the sort of mainstream thing, and they're going more towards, like, I don't know, like, I'm looking at, like, this album that came out in 2013, just because that whole year is just kind of a blank for me, Mm -hmm. like, in terms of new music. It's, like, the one that I came up right away is, like, the 2020 experience. Okay. Or ASAP Rocky's Long Live ASAP, and it's a weird, like... Okay, that's a fucking dope album. Yeah, right, but it's, like, it's this weird, like, kind of not quite the last... The decade kind of hasn't... And the sound hasn't kind of defined itself yet. Right. You know, and it's not quite the 28... It's not quite the early 2000s anymore, 2000s. It's not quite the 2010s yet, so... What's kind of going on here? It's kind of interesting as well because I actually listened to a little bit of the self-titled album Cage the Elephant gotcha. as well because my intro to Cage the Elephant was that album came out in two thousand nine. I was in okay. middle school, believe it or not, when that right. album came out. We were in middle school, believe middle it or school. not. And <laughs> I remember like, imagine being a fucking middle schooler listening to Cage the Elephant well, like so falling out. Guess yeah. what? I was a middle schooler listening to Cage the yeah. Elephant. Yeah. Allison Chains in an album. I'm still looking at this. Yeah. Come on, dude. But I remember like I remember being in like my eighth grade newspaper class and listening to Ain't No Rest for the Wicked and In One Ear or Right Out the Other or whatever the name of that song is, In One the Air. 
and just yeah, like, that's one of them, oh, yeah. shit, this is a band that I know about that other people don't yeah. know about. And it was, like, after the fact the album had come out, so it was, like, 2010, maybe even early 2011 when I was thinking those things. And I'm like, man, I'm so fucking dope for knowing Cage the Elephant. Yeah. Like, this is awesome. It's, like, my middle school fucking confidence of, like, knowing this band. And then, like, listening to just the, like, popular tracks yeah. off the self-titled album yeah. and the popular tracks off Melophobia, yeah. they're completely different sounding music. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. They themselves went into the decade maybe not knowing, because it actually, I would argue, has a more of like a southern rock a little bit yeah. in that first self-titled album. And then in Melophobia, it's like, whoa, this yeah. is not even the same sound from that album. Yeah. And I know they had stuff in between, but like... Exactly. And it's, it's interesting because it's like, yeah, it's, it's a band that's forming their sound by... Most bands by their debut album still haven't completed totally going in the direction like they haven't necessarily picked a direction yet. You know, there's still kind of room to sort of play around. So I think it's like, you know, in those what was it? How many years was it like in between the four years between their first album, and their second album? You know, it's like, who knows? Like what? You know what happened, but I mean, for me, Melophobia. Well, that's also. I'm sorry. It was. Yeah. It was. 2009 was Casey. Oh, Elfman, and then, and then it was Thank You Happy, Happy Birthday. Birthday. Oh, I liked that. Which album. is also a good album, actually. Yeah, that I actually liked like that. I liked Aberdeen. I really Aberdeen. Liked that, that was the yeah, one. Uh, really uh, song. And Shake Me Down. Yes, Mason. And also, this is a big time 2013 Mason album. Death Heaven Sunbather or Sunbat Her. What is that? It's a. We'll get into some Death Heaven at a different time. I think. That was a big 2013. That was like a year that I was big into Pitchfork also, which is probably what was like defining my taste at the time. Sure. The criterion of music. <laughs> the Criterion Collection of Music. Oh, my God. Uh, definitely. Uh, but... But so it was like, a, what, a four-year gap between yeah. self-titled and Melophobia and with yeah. Thank You, Happy Birthday in the middle? Exactly. Oh, fuck. And Actually, I think what I... Oh, yeah. The, you know what? This is... This is what 2013 in music was for me, and I think for everybody, was uh, Robin Thicke's Blurred Lines. Okay. Can no. I tell a story about Blurred Lines? I would love to, and then can we get into the actual album? <laughs> well, who cares? <laughs> but um, my, I remember, it's 2013, I'm in high school, I'm either a sophomore or junior, I can't remember, it yeah. depends on what part of 2013 we're talking about, and I remember I'm in the car with my dad, and he goes, I heard this song on the radio that was so catchy, but I heard the end of it, and I don't know what the song is, and I'm like... Okay, do you know how it goes? And he just started going, I'm like, I don't know what to fucking tell you, Dad. And he's like, I'm crazy. I must be crazy. I'm like, yeah. And this was like a couple months before like the song like really became like a like a big really hit. hit. Yeah. And then I remember hearing the song and like whatever at whatever I was listening to iTunes at the time, being like, oh, like this is pretty catchy, you know, blah blah blah. And then my dad going, that's the fucking song. <laughs> Downstairs, oh, and I was no. like, "This is the song you were, could not figure out." And he's like, "That's it. This song is fucking awesome." Now the song is like, eh, "It's not really. That's not that cool to say that you like Blurred Lines. Right. It's got some problematic shit with it." But it's like, a. Uh, it's a. It is a tricky song. It's a tricky song. Yeah, I think the yeah, first, problematic. The first Parquet Chords album come out. And, uh, I'm just in the mm. year 2013. That's just because, dude, you're lost. Already. I'm lost, lost in 2013. 2013. I'm gonna get this away from me because it's just gonna be. Uh, you're fucked, bro. I am. So <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's actually talk about Melophobia. Yeah. yeah, let's get into so, it. So what I like with this album is I feel like there's there's a lot of it. I mean, if you listen, like, you can definitely hear, like, they're very influenced by, like, the Beatles. Like, what is it? Which song? Um, oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, Take It or Leave It is, like, like sounds like I want to hold your hand. Sure, like, yeah. It, like, the, the little chorus of, like, the... Uh, you know, it's like... It's like yeah. So it's, like, that's kind of cool. I mean, I, I appreciate how there's kind of, like, 
you know, it's it's not entirely one note. You know, Cigarette Daydreams is like its own. And I also love how Cigarette Daydreams finishes the album. Like that's oh, the close. Totally. Yeah. Like, that's like that's such like a statement. Like that's such like a, a bold move. It's like end this album with that song. With like, clearly their best song. Clearly their best yeah, song. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. think that's like like I think that's like such just like such a like a baller choice. But I mean like there's like a lot of songs on this album, like Come a little closer. That one, I remember that one. Yeah. Get a lot of radio play. I like yeah. that one a lot. Yeah. Um, Halo, I really liked also. Yeah. Yeah. And my you, my favorite discovery off this because I never listened to this album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I didn't either. Before I loved Telescope. Mm-hmm. I thought Telescope mm-hmm. was a really fun little song. I'd never heard it before. I always like music that like at least maybe either does a, I, I really like music slash songs that try to do like a couple things maybe at the same time or separately really like music that really is just going for a fucking raw emotion right and I really like music that also tries to tell a story yeah. and I feel like Telescope's really trying to tell a story yeah like within it's like little mini song I don't know if this album as a whole is trying to tell a story like right. all told but I think Telescope is a nice little short story yeah yeah, yeah. and I think it's it's like it's they're, they're sort of experimenting a little bit you know it's not completely like it doesn't feel like an entirely like commercial uh, like it doesn't sound like a show yeah, 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 it yeah. sounds like they did write a variety of songs and even if, yeah even if it isn't like around like a, a central theme or kind of like a concept like it at least it, like it feels like it's not just kind of like a hit factory like they're just kind of trying to like pump it yeah, up sure. you know i like that there's like kind of Probably aside from cigarette daydreams, but I do like that there is a bit of a unity of their sound in here. Yeah, you know that not maybe not it's everyone. Cohesive. Says, it's very cohesive. Uh, that's like why I like cigarette daydreams, and why I also think it's great that it closes out the album. Yeah, because it's like this fun, like kind of little coda, something that you play yeah. really under the end credits. Uh, and the, like I usually like what I do with this with this these albums and the shows, like I give it the albums to listen and. Mm. Generally, it's just like, and I can really absorb all the whole thing. But what was great was like this time when I listened to this album, the first time I was kind of like, I don't know if I really vibe with this. I don't know mm. if this is, I failed the vibe check on this album. Sure. So vibe it's, check. And, uh, but the second time I listened to it, I was like, no, I, 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 and I think like my, my hang up the first time was like with Noah, where it's like, I don't know like what the in on this album is. And the right. end is just like, they want to write some, some good rock songs. Yeah. And, and that's all that you need and to do. And it's weird to think because it's like, imagine if you had, like, sometimes I always think about this is that because my thing is I love, like, I either like the most popular track by a very obscure band or I like the most obscure track of a very popular band. Right. Like, the River. Like, yeah. The River by Imagine Dragons, precisely. So it's like, that's always when my thing is trying to, like, find, like, that, like, if it is, like, a well known artist. Like, especially, and I also think about this in terms of, like, if I'm covering a song, yeah. like, if I want to do, like, a cover, like, if it's, if I'm taking a band, like, I don't know, like, like someone that's like very well known. Like if I'm gonna cover like a song by The Cure, I don't want to do Friday I'm in Love. You know, like I, I want to yeah, find yeah, something yeah, yeah. that's a little more personal, like a little something that not everyone is doing. You want to find like your Cure song, exactly. Yeah. And you want to find something that you connect to. Um, and but then again, it's like if I'm doing a song by like. Mojave Three, which is like slow dives, oh, like yeah. side projects. Like I mean, we I'm got huge, some yeah. Mojave Three yeah, on I'm the a, pod. I'm a huge like '90s like like psychedelic. I'm so happy you said that because when I was listening to your EP, I was like, this reminds me of like Galaxy Five Hundred. Yeah, I'm really into the Galaxy Five Hundred. Really into Mazzy Star. Really into Smashing Pumpkins. Really into like. You're, now you're speaking my language. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That, that's like, I mean, that, that, that's like my, I don't know why I said the Galaxy 500. Just Galaxy, I, I always say the anything. The yeah. Galaxy 500. Uh, Dean Wehrman, yeah. Britta Phillips wrote the song in the play in Marriage Story. 
No. Yeah. What? I was sitting through, I sat through the end credits and there was like the, they were doing the music or whatever at yeah. the end and it was like a lecture song or whatever. And oh. it was written by Dean Wareham and Britta, and Britta uh, it's Britta Phillips, right? No, that's mm. a character from Community. More like Britta, Britta Filter. Yeah, Britta, Britta <laughs> Phillips was a, yeah, it was like Gillian Jacobs or whatever. Uh, but it was written by Dean, it was written by Dean and Britta and I was like, holy shit. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's, it's like, yeah, I, I, I love that. And it's like. Where was I going with this? Oh my God. Yeah, so it's like if I'm going to do like a, a song by like like a band that like is, is kind of in its own little, <laughs> um, in its little like, like yeah, yeah if, in its niche, like I'm obviously in the most popular song because you can't get so obscure to the point where like if you sing Wouldn't it, even be a cover people, at that point. people yeah. would think that you just wrote it, yeah, which just simply is not true. Such you know? as in the Noah Baumbach film Squid and the Whale when he tries to pass off. Hey, hey you're, you. you're right. right, right. <laughs> yeah, just please enjoy the song. But I, I didn't write it, but I could have written it. Yeah. <laughs> so Dude, young Eisenberg and that is fucking it's awesome. So, yeah. It's so good. But I was I was just thinking, like if I were to play like if I was like driving out of my car and I were to put on like Black Widow or a song that just like, you know, people maybe just don't listen to like as much. Like if someone were to hear it, like why like sometimes I do that, like sometimes I'll be like listening to um like an artist that's like pretty small, but like I'll like be playing it and someone will be like, Oh, is this like Bon Iver? And like you're like, sure. like people default to like what What they know. What they know. So it's like it's just interesting because um, I feel like in this case, like if I were to play like Kate Jeffman, someone would be like, "Whoa, is this like?" Like I, I don't know where their minds would go. Yeah. But you know, it's like I feel like there's other like garage rock bands that like. Yeah. I feel like that this emulates more. Well, it's interesting that you chose this album. I think for this show in particular because we often talk about albums by either bands mm-hmm. that are more obscure and maybe not well as well known. Or an album that is more obscure or less well-known by an artist that is right. bigger. Yeah. Right. In this case, this is a fairly well-known band yeah. and a fairly well-known album, at least mm. for its like popular tracks. Sure. Yeah. But it's interesting that it's kind of underrated in the sound that it's going for and underrated in the sense of like or under misunderstood whatever label you want to put yeah, on it yeah, in yeah, like yeah. the larger sense of like this just isn't talked about, even though this is a band that does get radio play and yeah. has Every, radio yeah, hits. That's the thing is like everyone knows Cage Elephant, but I've only met one person in my life whose favorite band was Cage the Elephant. Sure, one single person, and it's so crazy because his it was his only favorite band. It was like his own the only band he listened to. Wow, interesting. A, what, it, what's that guy it was, like? <laughs> uh, it was a, this is someone who I like met in my hometown who like uh, asked me out on a date when I was working at Barnes and Noble, so I couldn't say no because I was. I was on the clock and I stressed <laughs> out and he was just like, he was, I was like, can I help you find anything? And he's like, yeah, um, I was actually wondering if you want to get coffee sometime. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not a book. <laughs> uh, you said, well, get that. I'm quitting today. And was, oh like, boy. And so I felt bad. And also because he was like, uh, like he was related to like a family friends, like family friends of ours, like a family wow. we knew. So like oh, okay. I had to say yes. So he waited like one day until I was done with my shift and we went to the Starbucks that's joined yes. as a part of the Barnes and Noble. <laughs> um, and I was so not into it because it's, you know, like we had very, very, very little in common. You both like, like Barnes and Noble. <laughs> not, I don't even think he really liked Barnes and Noble. He, he liked knew you. That I worked there. Yeah. And so, you know, he liked sports and like he didn't really you like, don't like do sports. It. I don't like sports. I don't like sports. I'm saying it was so talking to me, but you know, I was like, kind of music to listen to. And it's like, um, I gotta say like my favorite band is Cage Elephant. To me, that's like the perfect band. Like that's like, like I love all of their albums. Up. I'm no, I was like, Oh, that's interesting. But like, it wasn't like, 
oh, this is it. Like, oh, someone likes Cage the so Elephant. So this is a podcast for this guy specifically. Yeah, <laughs> yes, right. Exactly. So, so it's like, yeah, it's like, but I think the reason, I think the reason that I like gravitated to it was besides, I mean, me being obsessed with cigarette daydreams right now, I have like a playlist that I made called Vibe Check and it's just cigarette daydreams <laughs> 10 times. <laughs> and it's like, I just have it on repeat because like, I've just been really into that song recently. Like it's been like, a, it's kind of like a meme at this point, but like I've really, be. I've really been like, like enjoying that song because it just, of what it reflects and like, well, I'm tr- I'm trying to emulate that energy. Like I'm trying to emulate the energy of cigarette daydreams. But when I started in your thinking, music or in your life, in my life. Oh wow, in my life. Um, <laughs> and I think just looking back on this album and just like remembering like a lot of these songs. I remember like in high school, like we would get to be like a guest DJ on 10th Street, and they close on the street yes. every Friday, and we could like Ooh, play our songs. And I remember I was like I was up all night like trying to craft this like perfect like indie rock playlist and I was like stressing out of like which cage elephant song I should play because like I had to play one you know what I mean I already was playing group love I was already oh, playing young the giant yeah. I was already playing oh, yeah. of Leon you know so I'm like oh this is bringing me back I'm like, yeah, so I'm, like, I'm, like I need, I'm like I need one cage elephant song but I don't know which one's gonna slap the hardest like I'm like <laughs> do, like do I play take it or leave it like do I play come a little closer like what's gonna get what's gonna get everyone on their feet spoiler alert nobody liked any of the songs sure. and someone Ooh. actually ended up taking the aux cord and playing rage against the machine <laughs> oh, wow. and ruining my day. Yeah. And I actually, I was actually very upset. And I sent her a Facebook message saying that, that wasn't okay. That, um, that does sound very upsetting. Well, because the, yeah. well, the other thing about it is that at my school, if you were a guest DJ, it was very hard to get that slot because a lot sure. of people wanted to do it and they only had so many weeks in the school year. You had to like send the approved lyrics to make sure that like there were no customers. Oh, sure, sure. So it was like a whole thing. Like you had to be like vetted. You had to like get training. Uh, so the fact that, like, I waited all fucking semester for, like, this one day to, like, play my music and the fact that, like, they just wanted it, like, off. Like, that hurt, you that, know? Yeah, that's fucking brutal, Yeah, actually. so that was probably what really, like, pushed me towards college radio because I was like, well, I can play whatever I want and no one can stop me. There I can play Sun Kill Moon every day. <laughs> every Holy day. Every, Did you play Sun Kill Moon every day? No, I didn't. Day? I don't no. know where that came right. That was just me being a little fuckhead. My freshman year college radio show was a majority. It was, it was like, every episode was a different theme, so yeah. I would, like... But it was all... I will admit that, like, the music that I listen to now is pretty different in terms of like, like now I'm much more into like yeah, like what are your 90s now? right now. I mean, it's like I would say Big Thief, Beach House, um, like those. Ugh. Those are kind of like the ones that all they're like the evergreens, you know. Always, um, I'm really into always. Um, I can't believe that we were so blessed that Adrian Linker gave us two Big Thief two albums, big thief this albums year. in one year, two. and they're both good, you know. And like so, it's like you know, those are those artists that I'm, you know, I'm floored by it, and I think are so inspiring. Um, so it's like. I feel like freshman year, I mean, it wasn't that I was listening to, like, music that now I'm like, oh, that's bad. But it's just, like... It's just different. It's, well, the way that we discover music now is pretty different because it's, like, freshman year, it's, like, you hear something on the radio and then you go and you listen to the entire album. So it was, like, of Monsters and Men. I was, like, oh, shit, like, I like that song. I'm going to listen to more of Monsters and Men. Whereas, like, nowadays, it's, like, you get, like, so many bands, like, thrown at you that, like, you can really kind of, like go through and like pick and like yeah like you find your yeah you shazam a song you like at the coffee shop or right. whatever or right, right. it pops up on your discover weekly on spotify exactly or and, that's exactly. and that's your day that's my day yeah. and that's it you call it a day well we should probably move on to the movie at this yeah. point but yeah, what right. we do usually do on the podcast is we say would we recommend this there's usually three like picks that usually happen there's usually would not recommend okay recommend and conditional recommend yeah okay. conditional recommend meaning I would recommend this, but but, but okay. Yeah. So Mason, I, this is one I would recommend, and I think definitely, uh, 
like we were saying at the top of this discussion, we gotta take like taking this decade in context. It's I don't think it's gonna be in like my top one hundred albums or whatever, no. but I think that it's still an important thing to consider the context of. Yeah, and especially like how we define rock and what rock quote unquote means as we move into the next decade or whatever, and how and like how because this kind of like starts to. This the this wave that KG Elfin is on is like starting to crest as like like your parquet courts or like your Mitskis or whoever are starting mm-hmm. to like kind of come underneath it. But it's so important to like kind of understand like what um, like you know later sort of radio rock was, I right. guess in a way. And I think that at the end of the day, outside of the context, there's just good songs on this. Yeah, it's a good album totally. to do. Uh, just a good collection of songs, and I liked it. Yeah, I am definitely going to recommend this album as well. Literally, specifically, if you're like, who's Cage the Elephant? Yeah. It's like, you got a cigarette date. Yeah, I think this is a better place to start than their self-titled or whatever. It's more reflective of who they are now. It's more accessible, yeah. Um, So this is a recommend, borderline conditional recommend, because, like, again... Who I don't know. There probably are people out there who haven't heard Cage the Elephant. Right. right. So like maybe they just don't fucking like this music. But like if you're asking me, which you are, because it's my show. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, it's a recommend for me. Cool. Claire, what do you say? Yeah, I'd also say it's a recommend. If anything, just to kind of like, just for like the the lesson of like just because like one song like kind of broke the surface and you've heard of it like doesn't mean that a band is not also taking more risks and like totally actually putting the time like i think well i love that yeah, yeah, yeah they put you know? out an album this year so they're yeah, still they working this is the thing a lot of bands it's like you know kjlf and the black keys like all of these bands that like had like their like huge like heyday like earlier this decade like they're still making music they're still working you yeah. know so it's like just because they're no longer like the flavor of the month like they're i i think they're good musicians i think that they are consistent i think that you know maybe they're not like the most like talked about and I think also like nowadays in order for a band to get super big there needs to be like a story and like there needs to be this like yeah, some, yeah, some yeah, sort yeah. of yeah narrative whereas like KG Elephant was just a it's just a band they play so, Black Keys is just a band you know it's like these bands are like you know they're just they're just guys who make or, or girls you know these bands have girls too you know I mean, yeah, not, yeah, so, so, <laughs> yikes but it's like you know at the end of the day it's like there was a time when like if you played good music you know maybe you get discovered and you know you have a career you know and yeah, it's like right. so i think it's just it's like a testament to like you know just to listen to it and be like this is a good band this is a solid band and yeah. i don't think they get enough credit i wanted to actually touch on you said mention the black keys yeah. uh, just a second ago and i was actually listening to just some selects of, of this uh, album on my way over here and i literally thought to myself oh damn they must love brothers by the Black Keys. Yeah, like yeah. I was listening to like to like specifically some stuff in the middle here. Like, let me pull up the track list, but like really specifically, like fuck, here we go. Where are we at? I was listening to their unpeeled cover of Whole Wide World by uh, off their live album. Have you heard that one? No. It's uh, the song that Will Ferrell sings in Stranger Than Fiction. Oh my! And I think it's by something Eric. Like oh, Whole Wide World by Reckless Eric. Reckless Eric. Yeah, and they do a cover of that song live. And I'm not actually a big live album guy like right. I don't really like the live album like I yeah. like going to concerts but I don't like see the live album yeah. this is a great we're similar song. in that regard yeah uh, it's the only thing we're similar in <laughs> sir I fucking hate this guy spill your beans why don't you spill your beans <laughs> but uh, like in stuff like Take It or Leave It and Halo and Black Widow like the middle of the album it's like oh they were listening to fucking Brothers by the yeah. Black Keys yeah absolutely um, but Anyone have any closing thoughts? Anything else on this album? I think that about does it for me. Yeah. Let's uh, let's fucking move on to the movie. <sighs> Will you preview the movie for us as well? Wait, wait, wait. 
preview? Wait, what did you say? Will you will you talk about oh, the movie about, as oh, yeah, well? Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. So the movie Sing Street. Yeah, the Sing movie, Street. Yeah. We're, oh, we're gonna go with Sing Street. We're going with Sing Street. Oh, we're going with Sing we're Street today. Sing Street. Oh, we're gonna go with Sing oh, okay. Street today. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that actually works out great. For actually, works out great for me. Um, I love that movie. Yeah, Sing I think Street. so. Sing Street. I mean, it's hard to say if it's like underrated. I think the I would say I, it is. I, I, was I think it is. Yeah. I would say it's underrated because I just think enough people saw it because of the Weinstein Company kind of fiasco with the whole um the with their. The distribution was a failure, and it, it honestly, like, it, I, this was like before this. this yeah, it's like those guys' name is on this. Yeah, movie. Really yeah. Nice. that was the first thing you. That's the first thing you noticed. Yeah, exactly, oh, and, and it's it's difficult because this was, I believe, it was before um, before the scandal. But it was just it yeah. was. This is twenty sixteen, and that was yeah, very poorly marketed, very poorly, just like not enough people knew about this movie, which is a shame because I mean it was John Carney's third picture, so you have once, which was like you know, like, indie darling, like, smash it, and yeah. you have... Begin Again. Begin Again, which, you know, like, okay, I like Begin Again, but I think John Carney, and he said this in interviews, that he, like, realizes that, like, he needs to work with, like, like, like... Not movie like, stars. Yeah, with, 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 with real people and real musicians, and he needs to work in his home country, Not you know? Adam Levine. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like, but it's actually funny, though, because he actually really enjoyed working with Adam Levine, and he oh, really? sings okay. he sings the last track at the end of Sing Street, the credit song, like, that's Adam oh, Levine. Oh, yeah. no way, okay. So he, he sings out, so it's like, they actually had a great experience. Um, his problem was, and he's recently, like, apologized for saying this, but he, um, found it a little difficult to work with Keira Knightley, who's an amazing actress, but she's not a singer. She's not a musician. She's, like, in... She's an actress. And, and that's the thing, and she's honest about that. You know, she never pretended to be, but he just found it a little difficult because he's used to working with people who, like, day in, day out, like, know their instrument, know their yeah, craft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's not her fault. I think it's just... You know, in that case, that was a big budget movie for like a big studio. Yeah, he, you know? he basically got his quote unquote blank check. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, but Sing Street, you know, it's kind of cool because you're watching someone revert a little bit. What I like about it also, though, is that um, stylistically, you know, it's it's very. Um, Can I ask before you go into that? Yeah. What's your What's your relationship with John Carney? Yeah, like, John Carney. Yeah, yeah. 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 What's and then your did you see this movie when it came out, or when did it come in? I saw. Your... I saw it when it came out. Okay. Like I, I've. I'm a big John Carney fan. Um, I big frames head. Yeah, you you know I mean like it's I don't I don't really listen to frames you know that much but I like I know oh, you know, oh. okay, okay I love Glenn Hansard you know yeah, I, I, yeah. I love you know I'm if if I listen to Glenn Hansard I'm typically not listening to the swell season of the frames like I'm listening to Glenn just straight Glenn. up Glenn you yeah. know uh, straight up Glenn that's a good straight name, straight up Glenn <laughs> so um you that's know the name of this podcast <laughs> so I, I we're rebranding as a Glenn Close podcast. <laughs> No. <laughs> bad, 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 bad. Um, so I actually, I saw once on Broadway. and No way. I, yeah, I saw once on Broadway. Like, oh, when I it was, was a great show, too. It was, it was, it was amazing. And so with was, the mother from How I Met Your Mother? No, she had left the cast by that so, point. Oh, no. I saw it with Arthur Darville from Doctor Who, though. That was really good. Oh. Um, so, yeah, so I saw that, and, you know, people were like, yeah, like, you know, this is based off a movie, you know, it's really good, you know, I'm like, well, fuck, like, I think I'd like that, you know, I, I like the musical, you know, sure. so, um, I watched the movie, and I was like, holy shit, and, like, I had actually had a period in high school where I was, like, obsessed with once, I had the sheet music books, like, oh, wow. I learned all the wow. songs, like, I was, okay. like, very, I was, like, on the once train, like, I was listening to the soundtrack and that every movie day. came out in about, what, 2007? 2007, yeah, 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 so it was, like, you know, I was, like, very much on the once train, and, um, I actually saw Sing Street before I even saw Begin Again, like, I, like, sure. I didn't see Begin Again, went, like, last year, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, but with Sing Street, you know, I found out of this, you know, that like I watched it, I didn't see it in theaters. Um, but it was like the second it came out on, I'm sure I watch it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And wait, I didn't even, did I see it in theaters? I honestly can't remember, I, but I've seen it so many times since then. Sure. Yeah. On my TV that I just, yeah. But 
I I fell in love with that movie. Like I really, 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 I think. I mean, I think John Carney is very good at like telling that story, and like totally. I will acknowledge, like he in some ways only tells that story. I mean, sure. if you watch like Modern Love, which is a new Amazon Prime series, is that him? That's John Carney. It's he. Wow, he, I had no idea. He directs about half the episodes, and he executive produces it. So it's like, okay, um, what is that? I don't know what that is. It's a. Uh, it's they take the anthology, uh, like the um, like from New York Times, the Modern Love columns, so those people who write, oh, okay, and they adapt them into like half an hour like short so it's like an anthology series very cool half of them are good half of them are not and he directs the good ones and doesn't direct the bad ones so you know he's he's good you know and he does his thing and he knows how to use music to tell a story um so with Sing Street you know I think for me like I was very happy to see that he had kind of like gotten his like got his groove back his groove back a little bit um and I yeah I think that movie it's like it's very you know the, the the like the critics like the critiques of that movie is that it's it's like the critics say it's like it's it wins you over like it's got a ton of heart but it's like it is like like it's very idealistic We've seen it before. Yeah, yeah and it's very and so it's like it's that kind of thing where it's almost like a comfort food movie like you totally. watch it when it's like but here's my thing yeah it's 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 so comforting. Yeah, it's, it's, that's <laughs> it's the just, thing. It's just, it's, like, it's just so it's it's perfect in that way. Yeah. You know? Did you see Blinded by the Light? Are you a big Bruce Springsteen fan? Not really. I, I know about yeah, that, but, but I've I heard that's like a similar. That, it, they're yeah. so similar. Yeah. And I saw Blinded by the Light earlier this year, and I think I was a little more I was more charitable to it than the friend that I saw, <laughs> producer okay. Carter. Yeah. Not a big fan. I watched it. I was like, this is just so sweet and so benign. Um, and Sing Street's very also just very sweet and also just very benign. Mm-hmm. And I watched it. Yes, I. Watched it for the first time in January 2017. Just checked my letterbox down there. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, don't remember the exact context, but so I was just like, I gotta watch this. Um, and then I rewatched it for the show, and I was just watching it, and it just made me so happy that I almost started crying. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I wa- I'll watch it like if I'm like going to like play a show. Like sometimes if I'm just like yeah. trying to just like rest up before, like I will like put on Sanctuary because it honestly like. It re- yeah, well, it reminds you just, like, what a special thing it is, and I think it's so difficult when, you know, when you're working with people and, like, shit gets in the way and, like, things, you know, there's obviously complications and, like, creative yeah. differences and, like, you know, people have different priorities in in things. It's, like, it just reminds you that, like... This is why I'm doing this it. This is yeah. why you're doing it because it's such... you. It's, like, art is a release. Art is... It's, like, art is the only... Yeah, so do you want to talk about the plot? Not, like, a whole overview of the plot, but just, like, generally what's it up, yeah. what it's about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I want to talk about my relationship with the movie first. No, yeah. fuck you. Okay. <laughs> no, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I, uh... I... There is a YouTube video out there that might still be up there, but it was, like, someone put together this, like, compilation that's, like... Top 100 best uses of, like, songs mm. in movies. Uh-huh. It was probably a fan-created one. I don't think it was any in any particular order. Uh-huh. I think it was just, like, these are the 100 best uses. And, of course, you got your classics, you know, everybody's talking at me from Midnight Cowboy. Right, right. You got your, your classic, like... Layla from Goodfellas. Yes, yeah, 100%. Yeah. But then, and this, this is, I'm younger when I'm seeing this video, because okay. I'm just, like, interested. I'm probably, like, early, mid-high school. Okay. Yeah. I see, at the toward the end of the video, it's about a 20-minute video, because they show you a good bit from each movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw Glenn Hansard singing Falling Slowly mm-hmm. in, the, in the music shop. And I'm like, what is this from? Yeah, yeah. This is, like... He's he's giving he's literally giving the performance of a lifetime yeah. in this clip that I saw and I could not take my eyes off it. I literally would like rewind the video yeah. just to watch that clip. And I was like, "Oh, this is from Once. I don't know what that is." Mm-hmm. So then I looked up the soundtrack 
and I watch, or excuse me, I watch just that scene of them in the music shop, mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, he is giving the fucking performance of his life. Yeah, the part is like, I play the case, you live. Yes, he goes yeah. in, he has like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, and it's for this girl. He's basically giving a one-person Well, she's playing that, too. She's singing, too. Like, but it's like they're playing for yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just this such a beautiful moment, and I'm watching it totally out of context. I don't know what this movie's about, and I'm like, holy shit, I gotta watch this movie. Don't watch the movie. <laughs> Don't oh fucking like do anything about. It. Other than yeah, just like I haven't remember. seen once, unfortunately. Really? No, it's, yeah. it's oh wait, no. Okay, let me say that differently. I didn't watch the movie at the time, but you okay. have seen one since. So I once since I saw <laughs> in in college, I watched it. Yeah, and I'm like, all right, here we go. Pieces are coming back together, and I'm like, man, they should just fucking show this movie in all film schools. Yeah, this mm-hmm. movie costs probably like. Twenty thousand dollars to like, make, even less than that. It was, I less, think. it was literally less than that. It was also shot over two weeks. Yeah, and like they should just fucking show this. This is so good. It was an immediate fiver for me. Like uh-huh. I was like, yeah. this is amazing. Like this is a love story. This is hanging from the rafters, folks. <laughs> yeah, baby. Like seriously. Like I was blown away. And then I got him confused with John Crowley, oh, no. who did Brooklyn. Oh, no. Which I'm oh, like, oh, no. this is the guy who did Once. And then I watched Brooklyn. Different Irish guy. <laughs> thinking this is yeah. the guy who did Once. And I actually really like Brooklyn, to be honest with you. I love so, Brooklyn. I was not sad watching that movie at all. I'm like, this is a delightful movie. Um, and then I'm like, oh, The Goldfinch. I'm not, <laughs> this trailer is awesome. And I'm like, this is the guy who did Once. <laughs> I can't get him fucking mixed up with it. And it's like, no, this is the guy who did Brooklyn. And I'm like, oh, I'm so excited for Goldfinch. And then fucking that movie got shot on so hard. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. still haven't seen it. But then when Claire was like, oh. Shattered by a star, even. I know. Isn't that <laughs> fucked? But like, then then Claire was like, we're going to do Sing Street on the pod. And I was like, oh, awesome. This is the guy, this is the guy who did Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> and then I watched it. And I'm like, oh, no, this is the guy who did yeah, Once. Yeah. Yeah. And this movie is awesome. Yeah. It's a great movie. So you hadn't seen it before? No. It was my first oh, time no, seeing yeah. it. Oh, yeah. That's okay. crazy. Um, um, I would have thought. I, I know. It was one of those that I always saw people talking about, and it was kind of a dark horse of that year of, yeah. like, you know, the people who saw it loved it, and the people who didn't see it didn't even know about it. Right, you know? It was right. one of those. And just watching this, I think, the, like, it immediately hooks you. Yeah. You're immediately in on this world. Uh, I could not believe that Jack Rayner was the older brother. Yeah. yeah. I could not fucking believe that. I'm like, where have I seen that piece of fucking shit before? <laughs> oh, in Midsummer, <laughs> yeah. Midsummer, and then you also have um, Lucy Boynton, who is in Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, she was uh, Rami Malek's, Malek's wife. You, in real are they married? Too. Yeah, in real life. Oh, they're married. Yeah. Classic. Good for um, them. Good for yeah, them. so yeah. She, she plays Rafina. So that, it's cool because it's like you see, and then you have, I mean, Faraday Washpiller, who plays Connor. He's now on like some like Vikings Showing the history oh, channel. Oh, is he on Vikings? Yeah. <laughs> and then you have um, you have Mark McKenna, who plays Eamon, and he is on like a YouTube series called Wayne. He's a sweetie. Yeah, so it's like you yeah. know they're they're all still working. It. Yeah, yeah, it's it's cool. It was like it's one of those things when you look at like Freaks and Geeks and you see like all of these like stars like in like some of their first roles. It's like yeah. you're gonna look at Sing Street and be like, oh, like all those actors like Definitely. they're like going to be working for a while. Uh, and so, what's what's so amazing about Sing Street is that there are movies where it's like. There's music and songs in the movie, right. but the music and songs and the, and it's like ah, it's like part of the movie or whatever. Yeah. But it's not very good. Yeah, that thing you do. Ah, uh, <laughs> sorry, Alan. But uh, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, I'm apolog- I'm saying it's okay for Alan. Thank you for that. <laughs> but the fucking songs in this movie are awesome. They rock. Uh, so if you don't know what this movie's about, it is a period piece about a a uh, uh, in in Dublin in the mid '80s. Yes. Uh, very tumultuous time. Uh, economically, it seems, uh, in the midst of the troubles, and it's about a boy who uh, starts a band to impress a girl. 
Totally. And it's uh, it's, a, it's a sweet boy. Sweet boy. Sweet boy. Sweet kid. I will say, if, we just, wanna, if we just want to dive right into this movie, my one gripe, which is kind of a bigger gripe with the film, is that I don't like watching the scenes between him and the, and the girl. Really, I don't. Do. I don't. I don't I like love, the love, love story in this I, movie. I love no, them. I love. I, it's, it's, the one, I love the, it. The one I love thing, My my biggest contention with it is that um, I think that she looks too old to be sixteen. Definitely. Like, I think if yeah, they, I think honestly, what they could have done is if he's fifteen, I think they could have made her seventeen or eighteen. Yeah. I think even like a, a bigger age difference between them would have raised the stakes more because it's like someone's she's a year the older apart. girl. Yeah, yeah, she's the older girl. Whereas like I feel like in this, it's like oh, she's a great older man at school. It's like okay, who the fuck cares? cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like I feel like if there was a little bit more of a divide, then like he would have felt like he had to prove himself more. Um, and plus, you know, I think she's a great actress, but. You know, she was like twenty two, and she was playing sixteen, and like, yeah. you know, it's like you, you can, can only, yeah, you can, yeah, you can only suspend disbelief so much, you know. Sorry, right. dropping um, fucking money over here. Oh my god. Um, so yeah, so I, but I think you know, I mean, that's like a small thing because you know she plays it very well. Um, but I think that that thing could have just added just like a little more tension. I, yeah, I think I that wasn't really in the front of my mind when I was watching it. Sure, it's, um, it's because I've watched it like. 15 times. Sure, so this, sure, this sure. is what you think about after like the 15th. It's watch. crazy yeah. that does that when that does happen when you've seen a movie so many times and you're like playing like 3D chess with the movie at a certain point <laughs> yeah. and you're just like, oh man, like you can totally tell that like they like were struggling on the day and they had to throw something in the scene and that's why that tablecloth is like white or whatever. Right. Like, you're just like looking at the shit that doesn't matter yeah. to, on your first yeah. watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, but I, th- I think that. To, to uh, Noah's point, I think the thing that kind of sets us apart from others, more or less music movies, and especially like as we're seeing more of these like music biopics happening, is mm-hmm. that just the music in this is, it, one, it feels of the time, and it feels like a 15-year-old would have written this in 1985 or whatever it is. And that's like really hard, I think. Um, I think that one, like the sort of like soundtrack around the movie is also very good and very diverse and very varied. And it ref- is reflective in the music that is written in the movie. Right. And I think that uh, these are definitely songs that a kid would write to impress a girl. Yeah. You know, like, it's a li- like they're almost too clever. Yeah. Like, they're trying so hard to be clever and impressive, but in a very sweet and endearing yeah, way. Yeah, well, totally. I like the part is, like, you know, you know, it's like, you want to have actual sex with this girl. And he's like, uh, whatever he says, like, you want to have actual sex with intercourse. And he's like... Uh, like I don't know, it's like we're not gonna get her with like singing someone else's fucking cover song. You know, it's, yeah, yeah, the yeah. covers are, like I, I love like his little like his little speeches, like where he's like rock and roll is a risk. Like yes. what a great whatever, older yeah. brother. And it's like it's really it's really I, I love I love all that shit. And yeah, I think what's interesting is that when they write a song, they've they're it's because they're inspired by another song. When they write yes. like you stole it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and they're like, like very think, tangible phases. Yeah, and I think yeah. it's honest about the creative process in a way that a lot Absolutely. of other movies about a lot of other movies and sort of media about just making shit in general isn't. Right. Because like like, art know, comes from other art. Art comes from know? other art and like the kind of impulse that people have when they're making uh, like a movie about making a movie or something is like this is just like a stroke of genius. Yeah. You know, it's just like I was sitting at the typewriter and then all of a sudden I typed out fucking When in reality you were watching like, yeah. Yeah, something. when in reality you were putting off the writing by taking it. Yeah, <laughs> listening exactly. Listening to music or watching movies or something. Yeah, that's the thing is everything, everything is inspired by something else and I think it does it really well in that sense without being derivative but mm-hmm. like I think it's cool because it's like you'll hear, you know, and as they go through different phases, like they go from like Duran Duran to like The Cure to Hall and Oates. Like they, they yeah. kind of go, yeah, yeah, yeah. they move through the decade in a really innovative way. And I love way. that his style starts changing every single time. He learns a new band. And I love it, I love it by like towards the end of the film when he gets his look, like when he gets like the little hat. 
and the glasses so and he's cute. and you're he's just so like and so it's just it's so fucking cool like, watching him just like like he can finally like stand up to a to, to Barry father Barry yeah it's yeah. like Barry you know he can like, <laughs> he can like act like you know and he he can like it's like have you, are you familiar with Oscar Wilde like, he just like serves at these like insane like disses like they got those uh, masks of of the fa- of the of the of the of the, the superintendent yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah I love that you know it's like it, I love watching him like you you love watching him develop you well, know it's, it's so amazing that like you love he, hearing Irish accents yeah. love the you love the Irish accent that's not what an Irish <laughs> accent sounds like at all I'm a fucking badass but like you got like him always changing up his style his like personal style and then that equating with the musical style and what's also so awesome is that you just by the end of it, you feel as like, oh, he's starting to figure out his voice a yes. little bit. Yeah. That's what's most rewarding is you see him, you try, he see, he tries Duran Duran, like you said. Yeah. He tries The Cure, like you said. He tries Hollow Notes, like you said. By the end, you kind of get the impression that, oh, he's kind of doing his own thing based on what he's learned so far. Right. Yeah. And that's like really rewarding because that's when he's finally able to like stand up to, you know, hit the headmaster or whatever it is. And, and I, I also love it how by the end of the movie, like it's not about the girl anymore. Like it's like he, all. like, brown shoes which is like the you know like the the last yeah 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 it's like that's about it's so it's no longer about him like trying to like impress this girl he's doing it for him and like i think that's really good i mean my other one little tiny qualm is i honestly think that like that's that message is like enough i think the part where they run off at the end i was just gonna i wanted to bring that up okay that's like i mean i think that i mean i look i get it but it's funny because it's like if you read an interview with john carney like he slightly regrets the ending. He I'm does, sure. yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it is—it's very tidy. It's like the ending of a music video. Like the, yes. the the last like four minutes of the film feel very much like a music video, which was intentional, but it also yeah. Could and have I think I, that doesn't bug me as much because it's like the music video and the making of the music video, and that I think that's what's so great about this movie too is that it's not just the writing of the music; it's the making the music video mm-hmm. too, and the fact that it's that throughout the movie. The music video starts to become more part of his reality. Yeah, you know, like there's a great. My favorite song in the movie is "Drive It Like You Stole It." Yeah. They should have won yeah, the fucking Oscar that year. Fucking awesome. Should have won the Oscar that year. I'd have to agree with you on that. Uh, great, great song, great sequence. I gotta say, "Beautiful Sea." Sorry. No. no okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sorry. Just dad's sorry. on us. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But I kind of, I think, I feel like if it just ended in the sort of like true like reality of it with like him standing up to the principal and then just like t- getting the girl and running away or whatever I would have wanted a little more yeah, I think I like that it really yeah. brought it home and there is this like sort of fantasy and like no chance that they're gonna like have a good life in London or whatever right, like, right away like, they're ever gonna make it to London yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah they're, they're gonna, gonna get, get like, fucking yeah. yeah and but I love that it's just like spoiler alert spoiler <laughs> and then, but I just love at the end of the movie that they just like it's this is also a movie about just like kind of going for it yeah and I love that they just go for it at the end yeah, yeah. I, and that's what I like and what I wanted to bring up is the fact that like the movie probably could have ended without having that little like attack on at the end with yeah. him and the girl because I like the mo- I think the most effective this is a general fucking you know there's obviously yeah, yeah, examples yeah. and everything but I love an ending where it's the per- the character protagonist whatever gets the thing doesn't get the thing he wanted yeah, but, he but gets, gets the thing, the thing he that he needed, needed. Yeah. Exactly. that's my yeah. favorite kind of ending yeah. and if he hadn't gotten the girl, the girl. what is the girl's name Rafina Do- Rafina excuse me yes Rafina if he hadn't gotten Rafina but he, you know, it's like, now we can finally be together. And it's like, well, she went to London or she was like, yeah, I'm not really that into you. You know, yeah. I mean, she was kind of stringing them or along he or, wasn't that into her. That, or he wasn't that into her. What I, yeah, her. Yeah, what yeah, I yeah. love, I think one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when she's like, 
She's like, you know, working at McDonald's, you know, Dana. She's like, I'm just like Mima. And and he's like, like, I have to, like, I have to go, like, practice. And she's like, oh, or he's like, I have a gig. And she's like, well, tell me about that. And he's like, no. 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 And, just walks away. Yeah, I, yeah, and, like, yeah. the birds. I love it when the birds fly away, too, because you're like, <laughs> he's free, you know? I also mm-hmm. love when she's like, you want chips with da? Like, when she's doing, like, the impression of, like, the <laughs> yeah, McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. Cache is funny. But, yeah, but so I, I, I love that moment, but I think when she comes back and, like, she's in the crowd for him, I think, like, that's a big moment because it's, like, she's supporting him now. Like, she's, exactly. like, and I think, yeah. like, that could have been enough. I do agree that, like, you needed that, that little extra, and I, I do love the moment when Jack Rainer's character watches, like, like yeah, sends him nice. off, and he's like, yeah, yes. That's a nice arc for that character. Yeah, and that's he, he gives him lyrics yeah, I, I love, yeah. And then the epigraph at the end for Brothers Everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's yeah, there's, there's a lot about that movie that really, that really fucking, like, that it just, hits it's, your heart. Its heart is just so good. Yeah. It's just has such it's a... It's in the right place. It has a... It, the heart's in the right place, and it's just, like, loud and beating. Yeah. And it just kind of, uh, I don't know, I think it just kind of... Helmed by an amazing director. Helmed by yeah. an amazing director, and just, like... Great cast. Great cast, and just all around, just, like, uh, amazing execution. I don't know, it just makes me feel good. Yeah. Totally. It's definitely not jaded, and that's what I like about it, because I think a lot of movies, yeah. what I was going to say before about it stylistically, is I feel like a lot of movies that look like that also kind of have, like, an unaffected... Like, you know, if you look at, like, a Wes Anderson movie, which, like, yeah. I think is good in its own right, but it's, like, a lot of movies, I feel, that, like, look very, like... Like, the color palette... Yeah, yeah. Everything it's a little is, too like, cool. Yeah, it's a little too cool, and I feel like sometimes that is reflected in the story and in the performances, that it's, like, yeah. everyone's just a little over it. But, yeah. like, nobody in Sing Street is over it. Like, no. everyone is no. so fucking I d- alive. I definitely you know? think that that's a, a trick... A trap that a lot of people fall into when they're making movies uh, or TV shows or whatever about adolescence is just being, like, oh, you know, you, you when I was a kid, it was cooler than everything. And, yeah, you were, but, like, I don't know about you guys, but I felt, like... This, like, kind of tracks with my sort of, like, where I was emotionally when I was Absolutely. a teenager. You know? Absolutely. And we talked about Booksmart a little earlier. Yeah. Uh, Booksmart's yeah. very similar like that, where it's, like, these, this represents high school in a way more accurately than, I, fucking, I don't know. Totally. You know, it's, you know? it's, the, it's, the, it's the scene in Almost Famous where he's talking to Philip Seymour Hoffman on the phone, and Philip Seymour Hoffman says, maybe one of the most underrated movie quotes of all time, mm-hmm. which is, I'm gonna get it fucking. I'm gonna get it wrong, but okay. it's it's basically the greatest uh, thing that you can share with someone in this bankrupt world, or the greatest currency that you can share with someone in this bankrupt bankrupt world is what you tell someone else when you realize that they're uncool and so are you, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just like these guys are uncool, they're, but by oh, in, their, in their uncoolness, they're they, rock stars. They become really yeah. And that's cool. the thing that I love about another little thing that I love about this movie is that no matter what happens in the movie, the kind of the respect, like the band, never feels like it's about to fall apart. Right. You know, there's like, really good levels of trust. Yeah. It's really, and that's that's the creative collaboration that like people spend so long like trying to find. Like just like a group that like. Although I do love, I, I forget his name, but I do love how the one kid, the, the keyboardist, is, like, always trying to put himself in the front. Oh, yeah. Like he's always, like, I yes. think it's so funny that Engie he's just always, like yeah, yeah. Engie, yeah, he's, he's always trying to, like, he's always trying to push himself, <laughs> yeah. he's always trying to be, and, like, they never talk about it, like, it just happens. It's, that, I love the two brothers that are the bassist in the <laughs> Oh, I love that, I love that. That and the fucking bully who they finally get to be on their side. Oh, I thought that was yeah, such Betty, a yeah. Betty, yeah. Betty. I, I, yeah, when he throws the person off the stage and he's like, well, because he realized, like, like, I don't know, everyone has a backstory, no one is unattended, like, every character has yeah. some sort of arc, and you know? It, it, like, has, like, such a, uh, an empathy for everybody, yeah. too, you know? Yeah. Like it's, and they find, they manage to find a place for Barry. Right. And and that's totally. The thing. You know, it's it so nice. It is so nice. That's the thing, the, the antagonist is really just, like, 
the socioeconomic political climate of Ireland at that time. Like you, yeah. you realize that like at the end of the day, everybody is, you, you know, I, I also love the scene where the mom is on the porch and um, Jack Rayner is like talking about her and how like, you know, she'll never get to go to Europe. She'll never get, yeah. like, this is all she gets is like the cigarette during the sunset. Yeah. And it's like, it's amazing. It's, it's beautiful because it's like, you realize like, the fact that the parents were, like, Roman Catholic and got married so they could fuck. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like you realize, like, everybody, and when you realize that, like, Jack Rennes, I also love the scene where he's like, I was a fucking jet engine. engine. Yeah. I, lo- I love that because it's like you. Re- every single character has something yeah. that informs how they are, and I think it's yeah. really special. And the, um, the, uh... The sister. The sister is classic. Oh, so yeah. good. Um, but with so the, with, uh, I love this little mini sequence, and then I have the actual Lester Bangs quote from Almost oh. Famous here. Fuck yeah. So that I don't, you know completely demoralize it but uh there's this little moment there's this little mini sequence uh in the movie where it's like right after like really shit has hit the fan like things Mm -hmm. are like at their like low of lows Mm -hmm. and you see the older brother in the room by himself you see the dad on the couch by himself and then you see uh our protagonist in his room by himself Connor Lawler Connor Lawler and to me that is such an awesome little insight into just things that families do where you will all be in the same house and you could be spending time with each other, but you are different. Yeah. You're all in your different space and you kind of want it that way. Yeah. And I thought that was a great, it's this very, it's very quick moment, but I thought, I mean, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I thought that that was just a great little display of like, this is where we're at. No, I think that's that's that is a good pull. I'm glad you pointed that out. And here's the Lester Banks quote for real. It's the only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're uncool. And that's what he's telling the Patrick Fugate character over the phone, like yeah. when he's like lost all hope and yeah. be honest and unmerciful. <laughs> oh jeez, uh, do we want to wrap this up? I think so. I mean, I just I uh, recommend for me, like I don't know, like I think this is like kind of an underrated, and it's like relatively new. It's from 2016, so you know most folks that haven't seen it, I think it's kind of got something for everybody. I think. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of School of Rock in the sense that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, you're always trying to find a good family movie, and I feel like you constantly like cycle through the same family movies. Yeah. In my house, we've I've seen School of Rock upwards of 10, 15 times, yeah. just like as a family unit. You yeah. Know? This one, I think, you know, if you're okay with, you know, the heavy accents and your parents are like, what? What? You know, they're okay with, like, cycling through that. You can watch it with subtitles, Yeah, totally. Or if your parents are cool with subtitles, like, mine aren't. But, like, you know, this could be one of those, like, holy shit, like, this is a, a, like, blank family classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, It had that vibe to me. This is a 100% recommend. It'll make your day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm... I want to talk about it, so of course I recommend it. Of course, um, but you know, I think I think it's a really special movie because it like it's so unaffected and so just like it's just like the best parts about life. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it really like there's zero cynicism in this it, movie. Absolutely, absolutely. Is, I, I love it. Yeah, it's really it's really hard not to like. I would actually know? say it's not that there's zero cynicism; it's that the cynicism is met with the ultimate antidote. Yeah. yeah, from the parent, like yeah. the parent's cynicism or the parent's like downtroddenness, yeah. is right. met with the ultimate antidote of doesn't have to be that way, yeah. folks. Yeah. That's that's really true, actually. Definitely, yeah. uh, Claire. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, guys. What uh, if people want to find you online or anything? Um, do you have anything that you want to plug? Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I would say if if you want to listen to Inverted Jenny on Spotify, that'd be really nice, just because. I would, I'll say it. Listen to Virginia. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. I will like, go one more step. I'm going to put it in the playlist. Oh, yes. Thank you. I, Amen, I appreciate baby. that. Um, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's really, I don't really 
give a frick about <laughs> the other social medias. Okay, well, like, maybe you... if you want to like follow me on Letterbox, I don't try to give me a Letterbox. Wait, this is girl. She has such a crazy. I have letterbox. to pad my Letterbox because it's like I only go on it if I'm like. Bored as frick. If I'm bored of frick or like high as frick, and like I just yeah. have to say something like that, I really like. It's just bursting from me. Wow. And okay. it's, but it's literally only like once every four right months. <laughs> like that's the thing. And it's never, there's no consistency. No. It'll be a movie that I've seen. It'll be like one time I decided to like go like and on like a complete like love fest for Interstellar. Yeah, I'm looking at this right and now. And then another time I was like, no, Bombay's first film sucks ass. And then another <laughs> time. It, it's and like, so you're like, I got to talk about a completely fine movie in the Peanut Butter Falcon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's always, it's always things that like really have no correlation. But if I just, if I get struck by the urge. You can, you can actually trace your train of thought. Yeah. Right. And the website in a way. Right. That's what I love Letterboxd so much. Uh, Great. So follow Claire on Letterboxd. I'll put that in the episode oh, description. Oh, yes. 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 Noah. You can find me at on Instagram. I'm going to start plugging my shit. Here we oh, go. Yeah. You can find me on Instagram at noah.dotmarger, noah.marger. Uh, you can also find at ylg.world. That's a dot with a period, not a D-O-T. <laughs> ylg period dot world, whatever it is, ylg.world. Uh, we post content, a new skit every Wednesday, other uh, forms of content throughout the week as well. Um, you can follow me on Letterboxd if you really want to, at Moa Narger. Yeah, that's Fox. Moa Narger, my, you know, first, whatever. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Moa Narger as well. Uh, my little, like, fun little recommend is uh, I was recently in the Carolinas, uh, you were in the Carolinas. I was recently in the Carolinas, and if you are ever find yourself in Charlotte, go to Queen City Barbecue, okay. which is in downtown Charlotte. It's a great little place. They got great appetizers, great food. If you've never tried a hush puppy, that's a great place to try a hush puppy. Hush um, and if you are ever find yourself in Greenville, South Carolina, which is where we were staying, we took a day trip up to Charlotte. If you ever find yourself in Greenville, South Carolina, definitely hit up Bacon Bros. <laughs> They oh, have, shit. They had this appetizer that my dad and I tried. It was caramel bacon popcorn. So God damn. good. And then we got, like, the Reuben, you know, whatever, and we had, you know, the fries are so good, and they come with, you know, the kettle chips that they bake there. So Bacon Bros in Greenville, South Carolina, and if you're ever in Charlotte, Queen City Q. Hell yeah. Those are my little wrecks that are not movie-related. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at HotDogDebicki, HotDogTheFoodDebicki, ElizabethDebicki. Uh-huh. Uh, also at Good Sky Tonight, where I post pictures of the sky. Aww. Follow me about that there. Uh, Letterboxd is just my name, Mason McGuire, M-A-G-U-I-R-E. Uh, I got a little recommendo. So the songs in Sing Street were written by uh, Gary Clark. Classic. And uh, one of my favorite songs of the 80s, he wrote, it's called Mary's Prayer. It's by the band Danny Wilson. And uh, it's a lovely song. So listen to that. Maybe I'll throw that in the playlist. Maybe I won't. It's on Spotify. Uh, you love to listen to it, folks. Thank you for listening. We will see you all next time. Bye.